Thank you for joining the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, we are concluding the book of Acts, chapters 15 through 28, in a study entitled Churches Starting New Churches. During this study, we will learn biblical principles of how the Holy Spirit leads church-sent, God-called men to start new churches. You can purchase your copy of this book, along with many other study resources, on our website, bogardpress.org. So, grab your copy of the Spring 2023 Adult Study Guide in your Bible and follow along. Today's lesson for May 7, 2023 is entitled, Paul Before Felix and Festus. It comes from Acts chapter 24, verses 10 through 16, verses 24 through 26, and chapter 25, verses 6 through 12. The key verse, For if I be an offender, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there be none of these things whereof these accuse me, no man may be- deliver me unto them. I appeal unto Caesar. Acts chapter 25 verse 11. The application. The student will observe that the saving grace of God and the promise of resurrection and judgment should motivate God's people to answer skeptical unbelievers. Seeking the context. At the end of Acts 23, Paul was safely kept in Herod's judgment hall which was actually Governor Felix's own dwelling in Caesarea. The Lord continued to protect Paul by means of Roman officials, and Paul was faithful to continue to share the gospel as he had an opportunity. In fact, Paul's time in Caesarea was a time of appearing before Roman officials, and each time Paul shared the gospel with them, Acts chapter 23 through 26. In our lesson text for today, Paul appears before Governor Felix and Festus, and each one was affected by Paul's preaching the gospel. The Jews were still up to their evil scheming in efforts to kill Paul, and they had hired a professional named Tertullius to speak in the, on their behalf, Acts chapter 24, verses 1-9. through 9. Flattering Felix to win him over, Tertullius told big lies about the apostle Paul. He called Paul a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He charged him with profaning the temple and made him out to be a rebel of the worst kind who was set on overthrowing the Roman government. None of these was true. While the Jews gave their best lies against Paul, our lesson today focuses on how Paul simply told the truth in his defense. So too, we must defend ourselves, and more importantly, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never can we use lies as our defense, but must tell the plain truth about who we are and the hope that is within us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Can you describe a time when you had to defend your belief in the gospel? Searching the text. Number 1. Paul's defense before Felix. Acts chapter 24 verses 10 through 16. Then Paul, after the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because that thou mayest understand 
that there are yet but twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem for to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, neither in the synagogue nor in the city. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. As Paul stood in defense of himself before Governor Felix, Paul maintained his innocence and adamantly denied any wrongdoing. The Jews could not prove anything against Paul. He had not disputed with anyone nor incited a riot in Jerusalem. He was not a troublemaker. The Jews were. Paul was not an attacker, but he was attacked by the Jews and found himself incarcerated in Caesarea because the Jews did not like his preaching. This was the truth of the matter, as opposed to the lies the Jews told against Paul. Then Paul spoke of his preaching and confessed his worship of God and belief in the law and the prophets. He worshiped the same God the Jews said they worshiped. He believed in the same Bible the Jews claimed to believe. The difference was in the interpretation. Paul had it right, and the Jews called it heresy. The conflict here has nothing to do with Paul's wrongdoing, but Paul's preaching. The Jews did not like that Paul preached the gospel, but his conscience was clear before God and man. We might be shy about defending ourselves in the face of false accusations. We do not want to argue or to destroy our witness. We want to be kind and love our enemies as the Lord commanded us. But there comes a time when we must stand up, not so much for ourselves, but for the gospel we preach. As has been stated many times, destroy the messenger, destroy the message. I think more than saving his own life, Paul was concerned about preserving the gospel that he preached. If the Jews were successful in convincing people that Paul was a riotous, rebellious evildoer, then the message he preached would be discredited. The same is at stake for us. We must stand up in defense of the gospel. And if this means defending ourselves as believers of the gospel, then so be it. How can we stand up in defense of ourselves to preserve the gospel we preach. Number two, Paul preaches to Felix. Acts chapter 24, verses 24 through 26. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given to him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent for him the oftener and communed with him. 
Governor Felix knew that Paul was not guilty, but delayed his decision on Paul's case until he could speak with Lysias, the chief captain in Jerusalem, on the matter. He gave Paul extraordinary liberties as a prisoner, allowing Paul's acquaintances to visit him as often as they liked. Felix also called for Paul, often hoping that Paul would bribe him for his release. Paul did no such thing. Antonius Felix was governor of Judah and a failure both personally and officially. He was married to Drusilla, a Jewish, who was the daughter of Herod Agrippa I, who had earlier killed the apostle James, Acts chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. She left her husband to become Felix's second or third wife. Felix was a freed slave who worked his way up the Roman ladder by violence and deception and to enrich himself. Hence, he encouraged Paul to give him a bribe. Because of his mistreatment of Jews, his rule was riddled with civil unrest, so much so that the Roman emperor called him back to Rome in AD 60, Acts chapter 24, uh, verse 27. But of all his failures, his most tragic was his unwillingness to accept salvation. Paul shared his faith in Christ with Felix and his wife. Paul preached about the righteousness of God found only by faith in Jesus Christ, temperance or self-control as a fruit of the Spirit, the judgment to come in which everyone will stand before the Lord. Paul's message was clear to Felix. He needed salvation in Jesus Christ so that he could be right with God and live righteously. Judgment was coming and Felix would have to answer to the Lord for his sins if he did not accept God's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Felix trembled at Paul's preaching, indicating that he felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be saved. But like too many, Felix delayed his decision about salvation for a more convenient time. What a danger to delay accepting salvation. Today, if Felix is in hell, it is not because he was a bad man, but because he refused to believe in Jesus Christ. Do you know someone like Felix who put off salvation? Number three, Paul's defense before Festus. Acts chapter 25, verses 6 through 12. And when he had tarried among them more than ten days, he went down unto Caesarea, and the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, commanded Paul to be brought. And when he was come, the Jews which came down from Jerusalem stood round about and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. But Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Will thou go unto Jerusalem, and there be judged of these things before men? Then said Paul, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as thou very well knowest. For if I be an offender, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. 
But if there be none of these things whereof these accuse me, no man may deliver me unto them. I appeal unto Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, Hast thou appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar shalt thou go. Paul spent two years imprisoned at Caesarea and was never charged with any wrongdoing. After two years, Portius Festus replaced Felix as governor of Judea. When Festus visited Jerusalem, Jewish leaders spoke to him about Paul and devised a plot by which they would kill him. They wanted Festus to send Paul back to Jerusalem and they would kill him on the way. To Festus' credit, he did not go along with their evil plot, but instead advised them to come to Caesarea to accuse Paul in a formal trial. Paul's trial commenced several days later, and again the Jews could not prove any wrongdoing against Paul. Once more, Paul stood up for himself and claimed his innocence of any offense against the law of the Jews, the temple, or Caesar. Festus knew very well that Paul had done no wrong, and he said as much in Acts chapter 25, verse 18. But Festus sought the good pleasure of the Jews and suggested that Paul go to Jerusalem to stand in judgment there. Had the Jews convinced Festus to go along with their murderous plot? Paul adamantly refused, knowing that he would not receive anything close to a fair trial before the Jews, and Paul was likely suspicious of the Jews' plan. With no other choice, Paul appealed his case to Caesar, which would set in motion a future trip to Rome, where he would be detained for two more years. Acts chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. Festus had no choice but to comply with Paul's request, for he was a Roman citizen. This brings us back to something that the Lord had told Paul much earlier. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Acts chapter 23, verse 11. All along, the Lord was providentially protecting Paul, and the Lord's promise to Paul would be fulfilled. All in the Lord's timing, Paul would go to Rome, and the Lord's promises were never in doubt. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Furthermore, Paul's time in Caesarea had not been wasted. He had been a faithful witness to many, who otherwise may not have heard the gospel. We never know what life may throw at us. It might be persecution because of our commitment to Christ. It might be financial struggles simply because we live in an expensive and unstable world. It might be health struggles because sin has affected our bodies and sickness is just a part of our fallenness. But whatever comes our way, we can know for certain that God is for us. His promises may seem delayed, but His promises are never in doubt. Trust Him. Wait on Him. He will renew your strength. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Because of delays, has it ever seemed to you that the Lord did not fulfill His promises? Setting the Application Paul's motivation for defending himself had less to do with himself and more to do with the defense of the gospel. He was not afraid of dying, Acts chapter 25 verse 11, but he did not want to die as an accused criminal. He was not a criminal, 
and he had a witness to uphold for the many thousands of people who believed in the gospel because of his witness. Churches who looked to him for direction and untold millions still needed to hear the gospel and believe. I know Paul's character, and his defense was set on defending the gospel. We are well within our rights to stand up for ourselves in the face of false accusations. We can never use evil to overcome evil, but must overcome evil with good, Romans chapter 12, verse 21. As Paul spoke the truth, so we must speak the truth. We must defend ourselves to defend the gospel we proclaim. As Paul was set for the defense of the gospel, so must we be. Philippians chapter 1, verse 17. How can you defend the gospel in your life? Thank you for joining us in another lesson of the Bogard Press Through the Bible Adult Study Guide podcast. We look forward to studying with you again next week as we continue studying Acts 15 through 28. Bogart Press is the publishing ministry of the American Baptist Association. We exist to equip churches with the resources they need to carry out the Great Commission. These resources include Bible study materials for preschoolers through adults, including Sunday School, Children's Chapel, Baptist Training Course, Bible Challenge, and Vacation Bible School. Please visit our website to find all the ministry resources you will need at bogardpress.org. That's bogardpress.org. Until next week, find daily encouragement from our daily devotionals at bogardpress.org.